You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. This is a very special episode. I don't say that often, do I? But I've been alone for months now, months on end. And, uh, hey there, lonely boy. Yeah, it's been a lonely time. And I've been, as you know, bitching sometimes about like, Ryan, God, you know, but I understand it's obviously social distancing. So I make fun, but kidding around because I know that Ryan can't be here. But today... Ryan is back. Come back safely. And this is and a merch cheap promotion. <laughs> I brought him back inside <laughs> of you mask still available on the inside of you online store along with uh, new mugs. Look at these babies. You got to just, oh, those are pretty I mean, sweet. I don't, I don't, right. Aren't they awesome? They're new colors and, you know, yeah, and, nice. uh, and uh, they're available autograph too. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I want to thank everybody out there uh, for all the, ha- uh, the, the birthday wishes. I've said this before I posted on Instagram and, Holy shit, man! I, I a guy, this guy felt loved. I, honestly, I, I started reading them. I took like a couple hours to read them, and I I teared up. And I was like, you know, I get in my head. I get in like, you know, who really likes you? Who really loves you? I mean, come on. you always feel like you're alone. And then you read these these comments, and people took the time, and you're like, come on, man! You people, some people like you, and it's it's. You, I think it's important to take that in and just say, hey, this is nice. This is good. And feel it and be grateful. And, and you know, that was nice. You just brought over a gift. You brought some rum. I got a kiddie pool out back and you got me some floaty for drinks and you yeah. got me. Uh, so, you know, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be naked in a <laughs> kiddie pool. Uh, former movie star, TV star, <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum ends up in a kid's mini pool. Oh, geez. Oh God. Wouldn't that be just if awesome? That's where we find you. <laughs> I mean, by the way, that would be, if, if I'm going to go that way, my friends would have a field day at the wake. <laughs> You know, they'd be like, fuck, Rosenbaum. You know, it sucks that he's gone, but fuck, you know, to die in a kiddie pool. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. They always said he, we always said he was a kid at heart. That's right. And his kid heart exploded in the pool. What are you looking for? My drink, my water. Oh, oh it's right here. Yeah, uh, yeah this is uh, one of these inside of you things, but that's just for just endless merch here. Certain patrons. Then. Yeah. But we got a great guest today. Great, 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 great guest. A lot of great guests coming up. Honestly, there's some some good stuff. I got just a, a, a text from someone I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, and um, he's a big comic guy, probably the biggest one of them. Again, thank you for listening to all my patrons out there who support the podcast, uh, Endless Love, and uh, uh, that's the Inside of You uh, on Patreon. And um, the new horror patron, thank you to all, everybody on there who's uh, joining us. It's a horror club. We Zoom. We do these things. It's uh, where have all the good horror movies gone with John Heater, who's Napoleon, and myself. So that's cool. Um, nothing to really report other than, uh, you know, got the online store and uh, doing the podcast and, uh, you know, writing a lot. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing out there? I, I, I hope uh, you're living the best life you can right now and doing the best you can and kind of, uh, I don't know, fuck, it's just brutal. But uh, anyway, thanks for supporting the podcast and make sure you follow us uh, inside of you at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at uh, at inside of you pod on Twitter. And I'm at the Michael Rosenbaum on Instagram and, uh, you know, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that stuff. You know how it is. It really helps the show and write a review, do whatever you want. Um, And thank you. So why don't we do it right now? Why don't we get uh, get to our first guest first? (laughs) <laughs> well, you were you were sort of my first guest. It should, uh, you know, this could be the second guest. You're the uh, uh, the preamble. Is that <laughs> prologue? The prologue. I think it would be the prologue. Let's do this. This is this was a great interview. I'm not saying I was so great, but this was a you know I had his wife on the show a couple months ago, Marina Baccarin, and I'll tell you, I I read a lot about Ben McKenzie, and it said he's he's kind of private, shy, doesn't talk a lot. And I got some good stuff here, man. And I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, interrogating the guy, Ryan. But it felt good. <laughs> it felt like, you know, he texted me after and said, hey, man, he said some nice things. And he called me a great host. Whatever, man. It's cool. But it was fun. It was open. He got, I think, you know, he talks about his anxiety and he talks about having just, it was cool. So why don't we just fucking do it? Let's get inside of Ben McKenzie. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Ben, why are you in Connecticut? Uh, we rented a house to get out of the city months ago. 
10 weeks. Kind of, kind of loving it over here. We're going to be here for the end of the month. Um, I don't know. New York was so crazy for so long. Do you it's like ironic, it? But yeah. Yeah, it's great. I can, it's got like, um, has Marina told you any of this? Probably not. No. You guys haven't seen each other in flash since. I like this. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, 60 acres. Jeez. Of, uh, uh, it's like, it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the kids are loving it. Well, you, you and I have something in common. I saw a, uh, above ground pool. I just, uh, I was so hot. Not like in a sexy way, but I was just really just, it was, it's humid. It's a hundred degrees. I just needed to dip into something. And so yeah. I ordered online a pool above ground pool for, I think it was two eighty nine, dollars yeah. $289. It's two feet deep. It's eight feet long. It's five and a half feet wide. <clears throat> My buddy, Tom and I, Tom came over, you know, we distance wore a mask and we built this little pool. And uh, I'll tell you, it's one of the best things I've ever done. It's so refreshing to just uh, take a dip in a. Yeah, it's pretty much a bath. Yeah, if it's two feet deep, how do you, how do you, how does one physically, how do you, how do you relax? Do you just starfish it out? <laughs> well, guess get, this is pretty cool. I, I text uh, my friends pictures of this uh, pool, and so for my birthday, my friend Stacy and Hal bought me a, a Millennium Falcon raft. That actually is the size of the pool. So I I lie on that thing, and I'm telling you, it feels right. I'm not even kidding around. I know it sounds funny, and it looks corny. It's definitely not a movie star pool. Not that I'm a movie star, but, you know, you think, oh, this guy, he's done some work, and he's in Hollywood. He's got to have a nice pool. I'm like, I have an above-ground $289 pool. I'm a grown man, well, some would say, and uh, that's that's how it goes. Uh, congratulations on your birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks, dude. You know, I felt good. I, you know, it's really weird. You know, people say, Hey, you know, don't get caught up in social media. Don't, you know, obviously I have a podcast and I, you know, you have to be a little social and all these things, but I, I, it was overwhelming. It was like just the, uh, the responses. And I, and I think if you just take time, I took like an hour and just read responses and just, it was just so sweet. Everybody was just, you know, it, it's nice. It's nice to take a minute and go, Hey man, you, you know, people like you, some, some people like you. I think it's important to just take a, take a, you know, sit back and say, "Hey, man, you know," because I'm I'm very critical of myself. Are you? Yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I had a similar experience on my. It's been almost a year. My birthday's in September, but yeah, just just taking stock and just uh, just saying, "Hey, something's working," because some people like me, and that's nice. And usually, usually, I find no matter how bad the internet is, it it, it doesn't. People don't actually go out of their way to criticize you on your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy, bir happy birthday, you 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 fucked hard or whatever. I mean, uh, some people do. Usually, sometimes <laughs> there's been people. Usually. Yeah, well, people in office, people are you know on their birthday things. I mean, things do happen. I don't get you know I don't do political stuff on this, but you know, uh, yeah. Look, do you get caught up in that stuff? Do you? Can you read ten great comments and all of a sudden someone says, "I hate your uh, detective Gordon," and it just ruins your day? Yeah, it used to be, I think, much more that way. I remember getting really caught up in that um, when I first uh, started working, which which was basically the OC, which was, you know, God, a long, long time ago. But I remember like, oh, I'll just, I remember the first time, like, oh, I'll just go to the message board. On the, it was at that point, it was like, you go to the website for the OC and there was a message board, like, and you and you look at it and you're like, oh, that person, oh, that's so great, oh, oh, awesome, oh, this is so cool. And then one person. And uh, I remember getting really bent out of shape about it, and and that lasting for a while. And then then at some point, you're just going, this is useless. What am I wasting all of this time and energy? And I will never be satisfied because one person's criticisms will outweigh, you know, a hundred people's positive comments. So just chuck it and stop. Weirdly enough, though, social media, which obviously didn't exist back then, has taken off and and is even more of that stuff. But I don't, I don't know why it is. I don't have a lot of people talking talking junk, and if they do, my only rule is just never respond to them, never talk, never take the bait of anybody because they're only going to drag you down, you know. Um, and I will say, as as hard as that is, if you if you stick to that and you don't respond, then it you forget about it quickly, and then it's just like, 
you know what I mean? You just keep moving. Like none, yeah. none of that stuff really registers. I mean, it never, you know, if you think about it, you take away social media, you just keep rewinding, rewinding, rewinding all the way back to your first play or the first time you're on stage or whatever it was. And it's still that, you know, one of the other actors who you think is a good actor or somebody else. And like, you know, people talk and you, we always care. We always, we always want to, we want people to like us. We want people to think yeah. we're good. We want them to validate us. And that's, that's where it starts. And I think that especially if you don't have a good upbringing where it's like, hey, you're good enough, kid, and you're loved, that, that can really go nuts. And that social media stuff, then by the time you get there, you're completely fucked. And I, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a good upbringing, though, for the most part, no? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And it was completely divorced of any – it wasn't Hollywood on any level. I grew up in Texas. Dad's a lawyer. My mom uh, um, was – uh, she's now a poet, but she at the time was like running, trying to run some charitable organizations. They were very, you know, they were just, they just, I think they raised us right, you know, relatively speaking. Um, certainly wasn't anything where we, I don't think we felt uh, overpraised or underpraised. I think right. we felt, you know, sort of like treated like, you know, as as long as we were doing what we were supposed to be doing broadly speaking we were we were always loved as long as we were doing what we we're supposed to be doing broadly speaking we uh we were encouraged uh, to do it um but yeah i i you know because i've worked with obviously young people who at, when i was started the oc i had already gone to college i was the oldest of the cast members and i think that was also helpful for me too because then i had some perspective you know right it was like i'd I'd graduated high school. I graduated college. I had struggled in New York for a minute. I'd come to LA, um, you know, so I was in my early or almost even mid twenties by the time the show started <laughs> a little old to be playing high school students or whatever. Uh, isn't that and, the uh, story of TV? Look at Smallville. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. Welling is playing a high school freshman and uh, Jensen's the football coach. Who's got a relationship with uh, Kristen Krug's character, Alana Lang. And it's just like, Man, these guys are grown men, really. And Beverly Hills 90210, I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Totally. And I mean, it does bear some, I, I think it's worth noting, you know, because I think I do remember having that experience of like, this is pretty weird that we're making them, and it really was the the men or the boys, whatever you want to call the, call us, were, were considerably older than the girls. Like Adam and I, Adam Brody and I were in our early 20s, I think we're a year apart. And Misha and Rachel were younger. And it was like, this is a weird thing that we're, <laughs> we're like perpetuating some weird stereotype of like what masculinity is supposed to look like and what um, femininity is supposed to look like. It's very strange. I mean, how much younger were they than you and Adam? I don't really remember. I mean, I remember Misha being very young, like 17 or 18 years old. Uh, Rachel, I don't remember. I want to say she's like maybe four years younger than me or something. Maybe she was 20. I was the only, I was the only cast member who had been to college. I think Adam had done a semester or something. and was like, I asked for this. I don't, I don't want to do this. I want to move to, to LA and become an actor. And he'd already done like a series and he, he had the most, I think he had, well, Misha had credits and he had the second most credits. And, but I was the only one who had actually like gone to college, gotten a degree. And, and not that that, not that LA could have cared at all about that. You know, no right. one cares about it. For your day. growth though, for your growth, that was important. Perspective that I had perspective of, of, you know, this is cool. This is weird. It's weird that we're on a television show that, it, that, you know, that you happen to get on a television show that happened to take off and is pushing you out there. Uh, the marketing campaign has taken over and is pushing you out in a certain way. That's a weird experience. It was helpful for me to have some perspective to say, ah, this is strange. It's okay to feel strange. It's okay to like notice that. Cause I think otherwise you can get caught up in it and get, oh, yeah. it can be some weird, you know, never ending quest for validation or something that like, you know, you, cause inevitably, however hot you're burning at the moment, you're never going to stay that hot. Right. right. Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? The show lasts for, I think that one lasted a small, but lasted forever. But it was the last four years, you know, it was like, it was hot and 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 you have to be able to ride that out. You know, you have to be able to like make sense of your life when the, when the lights are not on. Oh yeah. Or you're 
you're gonna make yourself miserable. What was what was small? We've actually never talked about this. What was Smallville <laughs> like in terms? Of, I'm sure you've you know, this question a million times. We were lucky. Like, we were lucky with all this stuff because we were filming in Vancouver. We were away from everything. Social media hadn't hit yet, so we were like, we didn't realize how big we were, and that was a good thing. Uh, and um, you know, I had done some things, but I wasn't really i wasn't famous I, you know oh somebody goes oh you were on that show zoe dick john jake and george or something and i'm like oh yeah or they you know uh think i was on another show and they'd sort of recognize <laughs> but i wasn't but and then when that show hit i mean i stuck out like a sword i'm playing like sleuther i'm bald so yeah i mean it was but we were away we were in vancouver and constantly working and so when i came back i would notice i would notice some things like oh this is and I remember, by the way, you know, I was I was the oldest one in the cast besides the the parents. So, you, you know, out of all the the kids, I was twenty six, twenty seven when I got Smallville, and I mean, yeah, my life changed. But thank God I wasn't Tom's age five years earlier, or Kristen who was eighteen, or because I might have gone off the rails. I just like you know, holy shit, I'm famous, and I, I would have. I mean, there were times when I I think I went off the rails just in general. I didn't have a good head on my shoulder, even though I had, I never did anything really bad. I never got, I always knew this isn't the right thing to do. I'm not doing that. But, you know, I still would get in trouble, like in terms of like, I would do, you know, I, I did a little drugs probably. I probably like, I'm like questioning what I just said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I did remember, drugs yeah. probably, no, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> did I do drugs, Ben? No, I did some drugs. I'm an urban legend. We did some drugs and I had never done ecstasy before and everybody was doing it. We didn't shoot for a week and. You know, I got, you know, right. it's like, oh my God, oh my God, I've never felt this good before. And then I've never felt this worse in my life the yeah. next day. So, um, but I knew like, Hey, I, I don't have an addictive personality. Like, you know, some people in my family and my friends. And so I never had that problem. Thankfully, if I did, I, I could be dead. Sure. But, but did you, did, do you think with the, with, cause the OC, all of a sudden you're like Ben McKenzie, right? Right. Right. There was, yeah, there was a big marketing campaign. There was a big marketing campaign behind it. And I just remember shooting it that summer or, or shooting the pilot in the spring and the, and the series as soon as they could possibly build the sets and write the scripts that summer. And the marketing campaign came on in like August and they were super smart. They, they, they marketed it through like malls and summer festivals and stuff mm. and got the show on before school had even started up. So when kids were still like wrapping up their summer, you know, and that like nostalgic, you know, uh, summer's ending, we're going to go back to school, but we're, starting to hang out together you know we've taken our family vacations and we're back like in the towns we we were going to go to school and and it just took off like wildfire and it was it was weird it was weird it was a strange did you ever look in the mirror go ahead go ahead go ahead well the 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 image that i'll remember and i wish i had it up but maybe you guys can find it because put it up later is they 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 took these like um pixelated headshot thingies like they they took images that were of us and then they they totally photoshopped the living living shit out of them and and mine was you know i was the bad boy and so i had like the wife beater and the, the hoodie on and i had a choker chain which lasted like an episode or two which was hilarious but but the funniest part about it was so i was like 23 24 years old and they pixelated uh uh uh, facial hair. They pixelated like they, they made me look like I had a um, five o'clock shadow. They added um, even facial though, hair to you. Yeah, like pixelated like five Never, o'clock. Like okay, five o'clock. I looked like George Michael. I looked like a like <laughs> me combined with George Michael. And it was the weirdest thing where I was like, "Oh, I see. I got makes sense why you would do that. It's not me. It doesn't look like me at all. Find like that as picture, you can Ryan. tell from me having shaved this morning, like." I still, I can grow a beard actually, but like my, when I shave, I'm like, I look like a baby. I am a, I am a and they baby wanted baby. to toughen you up a little bit. Ryan, yeah, make sure they get wanted that me to look edgy, but also metrosexually George Michael y in a weird way. It's right. Very strange. Who was sexy? Oh, um, yeah, you had great facial yeah, hair. You know, I yeah. mean, let's be yeah, honest. Handsome. Yeah. But did you look in the uh, mirror? Were you, were you yeah. sort of like when you saw that, were you like, did you kind of embrace it? Like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm cool. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, and you know, I got a ton of grief from uh, <laughs> my family about it, which is great. Like that's exactly what your family should do: is just like make fun of you. And uh, but then, yeah, for sure. I mean, then also like a cute girl would look at you, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'm. That's that's <clears throat> that's me. Uh, hi, I'm Ben. <laughs> uh, Where's ben, your facial I, hair? I 
Um, well, uh, it's, uh, it's, don't, let's, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a funny time, man. That's why. I mean, when we were in, I mean, I, I take your point about being in Vancouver really well because we were not right. We were right in LA. We were right in the heart of LA. Oh, yeah. And I think proudly so, right. That was the whole gist of the show and, and, and the marketing campaign behind it. And I think that, you know, definitely contributed to, uh, some weird times, man. Were you going out? Were you going out on the weekends? Were you going to clubs? Were you like they giving you tables? Ben McKenzie, we got a table for you in the back. We got some great news. <laughs> Whatever you want. It's I mean, all I'm on definitely, us. Yeah, I definitely had that. Did do that sometimes, but I also hate spending money like that. Like I just can't. I'm like, you want me to spend how much money for a bottle of booze that costs fifty dollars? Like you've got to be kidding. They didn't give that to you free. Come on, Ben. No, I, that would. So that's the thing is like you would always do that thing of like, well, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know. So I just remember being, being the the Midwestern or Southern or whatever Texas boy in me was like, eh, I'm not gonna popping bottles at club. Like that's <laughs> not, that's not a. It's not. I'll, I'll 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 freeload a little bit, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Did you, I I do like free things. I'm not gonna lie. But did you <laughs> do you did you ever have? Obviously, you're married to one of the most beautiful women on the planet, inside out, by the way. If you if people yes, don't know her, they look at her and like, oh, my God, she's stunning. But when you meet her, she's unbelievable. And you know that because you're married to her. But do, did you ever have fans that you're like, I, I, I kind of want to go out with this fan? Have you ever gone out with a fan? Um, I don't know that. You know, it's so interesting. It's such an interesting time in your 20s when. I think no one really knows who they are. We're all trying to like latch on to, and, and, and even outside of the, the, the celebrity dumb and, and um, the entertainment industry, like your average 20 year old or 20 something year old is trying to figure out who they are. <laughs> and so you combine, you're trying to figure yourself out. <clears throat> they are the other person is also trying to figure themselves out. So there's a lot of like not talking about those things that then get revealed, you know, relatively quickly. Yeah. Like, oh, you're actually, you're a fan. I didn't realize that that was the way that, okay, all right, fair enough. Like, this is, this is, I think that that dynamic is not sustainable, right? Because then it gets this, it, it, it's, you know, it's not a, a, it's not a level playing field. You know, there are all these um, assumptions that are being made on behalf of, of, you know, whoever you might be spending time with that are not usually borne out by the truth. Uh, the main assumption being that you're cool somehow. That you're somehow like, like they think you're um, cool and you're always like, I'm not as cool and you're going to see that. I'm never really as cool as any that. role I've played. Ever. Exactly. Ever. I'm not yeah. as rich as they are. I'm not as smart as they are. I'm definitely not as cool as they are. But I will say, Jason Priestley, his wife, they've been married forever. They have kids. What a relationship. She was a fan, I believe. No way. I really. believe she was a fan and they... That fell in love so it does happen yeah i'm not saying it couldn't work i i should i should have been that i'm just saying it, it never it never worked for me it always felt like weird but i think there's a thin line between like fandom and like oh i like i dig what you're doing i i, I, I like what you're doing i respect what sure. you're doing and you know i mean there's not it's not a a black and white thing necessarily uh i mean obviously marina huge fan of my work obviously that's why we're together of course <laughs> by the way let's, let's let me jump into that real quick you're on set when was it was it day one where i'm just going to be the voice of ben mckenzie's mind like there was a show called inside herman's head where you could hear all the voices yeah, love inside love herman. that show now show. when you saw morena the first time was the inside voice going holy shit she was beautiful <laughs> or did it take sort of time before you guys was it very professional was it very i'm sure it was professional you're professional but when was the moment where you're like huh i can't get her out of my head or she can't get you out of hers they had i don't know when that happened exactly i re i do remember the first time i saw her which was um she she was cast very quickly in the middle of the first season because the construction of the show was that I was supposed to be with Barbara Keene, James Groen's sister, Barbara Keene. All the fanboys out there are like, yeah, of course, we know all about this. Um, <laughs> and, and, but it was weird. It just didn't quite, it didn't quite work because they'd set up Barbara to be 
this uh, rich girl who lived in, you know, penthouse in Gotham City, and but Gordon was supposed to be the everyman, and it just didn't quite have the the romantic the pop. Like, and pop. Yeah, and it was through no fault of, of Aaron Richards playing the character, and they ultimately did what they should have done, which is turn Barbara into a villain, and and that's where she went, and that's that that tension sort of under uh, underlay their relationship moving forward. But they needed a new a new object of affection and 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 a real romance that could sort of like underpin the the show from a from a, a romantic standpoint. So so she was cast. I remember it was like. October, yeah, I remember what day it was exactly. It was October 22nd. And for reasons that will become clear soon, and and it was raining. It was a miserable day. We were shooting in like some pretty rough area of the Bronx, I want to say. Raining cats and dogs. We were inside, uh, thankfully, but she showed up for uh, makeup and hair tests and and maybe some camera tests um, because she was going to shoot the next week. For some reason, they needed her that day in order to get everything right. And I was filming some other stuff, and the, the basically the the executive producer conspired. She, he told me that she wanted to meet me and talk to me, and he told her that I wanted to talk to her. Anyway, he, he, I was in my trailer, and I got a knock on the door, and I opened it up, and she's standing there in the rain. And normally you would think like, oh, romantic, like, but instead it was just a drenched rain. She looked like she, something was wrong. Something was clearly wrong. And I was like, uh, I mean, I, other than just her being soaked, and I was like, oh, come in, and come in, come in. And we had a little small talk, but silly, there's something going on. I was like, you know, if you don't mind me asking, like, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she did that thing on Marina, you know, Marina tough, tough Marina. Like, she's sort of like, she's tough. She's tough. She's a tough chick. Yeah, she no, I'm fine, like, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, I'm fine, fine, fine. You're like, what happened? Like, my mom died or something. You're like, whoa, okay. No, she was, no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Sense. Her mom was alive and, alive and well. You're a, you're a set. He's a span. Uh, in Brazil. Uh, she, she goes, yeah, no, it's just, it's my son's birthday today. And I was like, oh, oh my God. That you, you flew out on your son's birthday. Oh my God. Yeah. They're like, they needed me today. And da, da, da. I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. How old is he? And I'm thinking, I'm like assuming he's like of a certain age. And even though she's very young, I'm like, She's like, he's one. I was like, I'm sorry, you missed your son's first birthday because you had to be here. Why did you he... say that, Ben? <laughs> what you rubbing well, no, it? No, 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 I know, I know. No, no, not, not accusatorily. Like, I can't believe they do that. No offense. Like, <laughs> of course. I mean, Warner Brothers, God love you. Like, seriously, you couldn't let her have a day? And she's clearly heartbroken by it. And she, 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 she had, she went back to, uh, <laughs> She flew out that night to go back to be with him for the for his party, but it was this like very human moment. It was just a very human moment. So that's how it started. It was it didn't nothing started, but it was started with she's a human being. I'm a human being. She 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 is actually in deep discomfort, but sucking it up to do a job, which I thought was like, you know, both sort of tragic, but also commendable, right? Like she's 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 doing what she has to do to 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 do her thing um so yeah that's how that's how i don't remember the exact uh you know ins and outs of the rest of it i mean you you had never been married before no i mean have you lived with women before Mm -mm. so so not only have you not lived with women a woman a woman never been married so this is all brand new boom you eventually move in together you have a kid and you get married i mean this is life changing how old are you uh let's see i guess i would have been about 35 i guess 35 years yeah. old were you ready for this or did, were you in, were were you thinking were you trying to act confident going yeah this is gonna be great i'm so ready and then at night you're just having anxiety oh yeah yeah i mean you know i think uh, i think there are all different kinds of guys but there's certainly uh, i don't know if you can relate to this probably i'm sure probably i'm sure not but um you know, you get to a, well, look, you get to a certain age and you're like, dating is super fun when you're in your twenties and in your thirties can be cool, but it can also start to be a real drag at a certain point. Kill me now. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. Come on. Yeah. Go on, go on. I'm here. I'm listening yeah, and I'm absorbing. Yeah, you're listening. yeah. 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 And, and I was definitely in that category by the time I met her where I was like, all right, uh, not don't really feel like I have a lot of energy here to like 
try and find the one after, I mean, I was in LA for 13 years prior to being in New York and I found dating in LA really challenging. Um, not that I didn't meet some wonderful women and, and form some great relationships, but difficult climate I felt to date in. Um, and, and New York, I was working so hard. It was that first year of the show. And as the lead of the show, like I was shooting every day. And so I had no time to do it, but, but, but behind that, I was definitely ready in the sense that I was sick and tired of not having anyone to share this stuff with. Like I was like, you climb a hill and then you climb another hill and another hill and you, you, you're, you're getting up on these, these higher and higher hills and you're looking around. There's no one to like, Hey, this is cool. I'm on top of, Look! Look at where we get. Look at where I got to. Look at where. Look at right. And there's no one there. And you're like, oh, this is kind of lonely, actually. Um, was how my experience. No, it's an look. It's an amazing thing. I just think you know. And, and by the way, working together, you know, uh, have you in your in your past? Like, it, it's it got to be different. I mean, do you always have you dated a lot of actresses, or do you feel like you know this is like it's nice to date someone who's out actually making money too? Right. <laughs> you know. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, 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 you know, definitely had dated actresses. I dated non-actors. I, I think at the time I'd basically given up, um, you know, in terms of like trying to find someone serious and I just wasn't really trying very hard. Um, and I never, I think if you had told me, you know, prior to meeting her, like, oh, you know, you should be with an actor. I would have said, I think I probably shouldn't. I think that would probably, <laughs> probably a bad idea. But you know what I mean? For all the reasons that we can go into, but most of them are self-explanatory, you know? Yeah. But, but, but with Moraine, I felt like, you know, it's someone who stands on her own two feet, who provides for herself, but is also not easily threatened, is not easily like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that go into two actors being together. And there's all, I remember somebody saying this to me a long time ago. Um, that two actors' careers are never moving at the same speed in the same direction at the same time. Like we're all, our careers are always on these like crazy roller coastery things. Right. And so then you have two of them, and it's like this, you know. And so that you, you got to find if you're going to do it with somebody else who's who happens to be in the same line of work, you've got to find someone who's like self confident enough to not get angry when you're getting too oh, big yeah. or yeah. or take it personally when you get sensitive about that you know what i mean like we both have to have yeah that can't be certain... that, that's got to be real difficult because you know you know you're going to do a, a new project and then she's now she's maybe not working which is by the way it's back and forth or she's doing the movie that just came out with gerard butler and, and maybe you're not so there's this ebb and flow and this kind of up and down thing and then <clears throat> well i'm watching the kids i'm tired i'm and there's a sort of there has to be an open dialogue. And I assume because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Ben, because I look at me, I'm 48 for God's sakes. And I have no one. I don't even have a fucking engineer in this room working with me, Ryan. I, damn it. You, <laughs> you, uh, you know, look, man, there's days in which I, which I envy your life. Um, but, uh, but, but, but you're right that there are, there's this constant, you know, it's a partnership, right. On like on a certain level, not to be, I don't find that unromantic to call it that. I think that's sort of like part of like the main thing it becomes as you get, as you get older, as you just, and we're not, not that we're super old yet, but like even in a few years that we've been together or married, I, you know, you just like, you, you, you are constantly in the process of figuring it out, figuring out day to day, how it's going to go, who's going to take care of the kids, who's going to, get this thing done in our shared life while also having time for your own thing. And, and it's like, it's full on, you know, college your, your did you right, boy. That. What's that? College done you right, boy. <laughs> but I look at you, Ben, and you're, I say this to certain guests because I'm like, wow, it just seems like you have your shit together. Do you, have you ever dealt with anxiety or depression or things like that? Oh uh, Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I get, and Miranda will attest to it. Like I get major anxiety. I, I have depression runs in my family, um, to a serious degree. Um, I, and, and I, I suffer from it at times. I, I, I don't, I try not to take medication. I don't find medication like the, 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 
antidepressants super helpful, you know, I'm, I'm very wary of them. But yeah, you know, I think it's very difficult to, to, to kind of what you're saying, right, is like, the very things that make you dynamic on screen that make you desirous of of more jobs and more experiences where you can do different things with with, with sort of your talents i, I mean this in the, the generic you not you specifically Prefer are, you. are the thing are the things that 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 also make you anxiety ridden and and depressed at times and you know what i mean and and it's impossible to to separate those two things, and, and you question whether you would even want to if you could, right? Absolutely. Because if you could take that part out, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd be boring as sin on screen. Maybe you would be a really bad actor. That's true. What do you do? Because a lot of my, you know my my guests. I think this show has become what it is because I think um, it's become something else that I what I didn't anticipate, which was more about you know, talking to, you know, human beings talking and and seeing what makes each other tick, but also how we face adversity, what we do in certain situations and everybody's different. So what you say you do to help maybe control your anxiety without, as you say, medication might help someone out there who goes, all right, I don't want to take medication. What does Ben do? Maybe I'll try that. You know, so what is it you do that maybe keeps things in check sometimes? Yeah. And, and I should say, I have a, 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 fear of of being i have a fear of being on medication strong antidepressant medication that does not mean it doesn't work for other people and i without revealing people who they are i have people very close to me in my life who are on medication and it's wonderful for them and i think quite frankly they don't think they could they could operate without it so i'm not saying to people who for whom it does that works should not do it or or shouldn't be open to it you know especially if they have the right doctors who are who are advising them for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of what you, you do. I mean, it's, it's, or what it sounds like you do is like, you know, it's getting, I'm most depressed when I'm sitting inside on my phone or on the computer. And obviously nowadays it's pretty hard to, uh, to not get that way given the news cycle. So get out, get some exercise, take a walk, um, talk to a friend, um, you know, get out of your own head, man, and just get into, to, to, and, and I will say, it's hard with kids because kids need constant attention and constant love and support, but it's also great because kids snap you out of that pretty quick, right? Like you can't, you can't exist selfishly with children, you know, and look yourself in the mirror and think that you're even a halfway decent parent because you have constantly have to like, our kids are young. Our kids are six and four. You have to like feed them and, you know, clothe them and like, play with them and teach them like you know there's all that stuff so that has just been super super helpful julius and, and francis find- yeah julius and francis do you do you feel like do you ever like with your kids go i just have to do this because i, I don't want to end up someday being called a bad dad like i'm doing this because i just as much as i love them i'm doing it because i don't want to look like a bad father i feel like i would do that a lot like i'm fucking doing this because I don't want you 20 years going, you didn't do that. Not only is that like a like perhaps the majority of parenting is, is doing things out of a sense of like uh, parental guilt or future parental guilt. But <laughs> but they also know that too. Like I feel like that a certain point early, like crazy early on, they're like, oh, I thought I can guilt them into doing this. Oh. Like my daughter is so good at it. She's such a little, like she knows that daddy's a softie and for her. And so she's like, the t- uh, you know she's four so she's like going through a, a natural progressive progression in her her development but which is basically involves a lot of screaming but um and crying but 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 it's also like oh daddy please if i just get that that one episode of paw patrol or rescue riders then like i promise i'll be good you know and and at a certain point you you know most of the time i just seed to it and i and i she wins but at a certain point you gotta like draw a line or, or she'll just do it endlessly like it'll never stop this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time 
Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had... You know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Do you guys read lines to each other or is that weird? Yeah, we have done. Yeah, for sure. Is it weird? Do you feel like oh, it's almost you're more nervous reading it to her than you are like on set? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not great with her, and of course, she is not phased by it. She's so like practical and level headed, and you know, she'll have an audition that I'll be helping her with, and I'll hear myself when I say to her, "It's so like, no, what about this? Try this. What about here? You know, and like stuff that would super offend me if I, if she was saying it to me, and she's like, okay. Yeah. And she just like sorts it through logically. She's like, no, I don't agree with that. But okay, well, I actually like that idea. All right, let me try it. And she does it. And it's like already, you know, better than it was before. And it was already good. And she just so like, takes her ego out of it so easily. And I am I just can't do it. I'm like, by the way, she saved, she saved me, I think, you know, when I was directing my little raunchy comedy back in 2013 or 14 or whatever. And uh, she comes to Indiana to do this little movie, 700, $600,000 comedy. She's the lead with me, and she she knows I'm exhausted. I'm directing every scene. I'm in every scene. I'm right, and I've never met someone who was just so kind and got it and goes, "I'm here for you. Whatever you need, let's go." Um, yeah, this is awesome. I, you know, I, I saw an interview with you, and you talked about getting the role of um, Detective Gordon, um, and it was 
what made me think of this interview was when I got Lex Luthor, people asked me the questions like, did you watch Gene Hackman? Did you do the research? What did you do? And I thought, oh, this is kind of like, you know, I know that you were playing him younger, though, like before, right? It's the earlier years. Yeah. So were you putting a lot of stress on yourself because you knew the fan base was so huge? And Well, sure, for sure. But that's like such a such a like vague pressure to put on yourself. Like, don't fuck this up. How? How? What's the specific thing? You know what I mean? And so you you the way I work is you definitely stress out about it. You definitely like just freak out. And then you go, okay, well, so that's like that's probably undergirding everything for like multiple seasons. It's certainly the first season, but, but then you go, all right, well, how do I channel this into something mildly productive? And then you go, it's actually a great scenario. And, and I will say my conversations with Bruno Heller, who, who created Gotham, you know, who sort of, so the way, the way this happened is the year prior to Gotham, Bruno and I did a pilot for CBS, which never got picked up. Um, it was me and Mandy Moore, actually. Oh, she's so sweet. Uh, she's awesome. She's a doll. Uh, and we hit it off, Bruno and I. The pilot didn't go, but I was under a deal at Warner Brothers after that. And unbeknownst to me, Bruno was writing Gotham, and 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 they had sold it. And he called me, you know, the following like January or February of the following year, and was like, "Hey, I, I wrote this part, you know, with you in mind. Like, take a look at it." And I was like that's cool. Like that's no one's ever written a part for me ever or, or since <laughs> perhaps more telling. Um, but like, you know, so I read it and I was like, wow, yeah, this is, you know, it, it was hard to argue against how cool the idea is. Um, so much so that, that, uh, uh and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You might even do the same idea again, if you wanted to, <laughs> to do a cop show set in Gotham city, you could do it again, even after you've done Gotham. Um, do you know about this? No. Yeah. Okay. So what was cool about it, it was, was Bruno talked to me about how in some senses you, you sort of are free of, of doing some, you know, commissioner Gordon copy, whether you're copying old men or, or whomever, because you're just seeing him in a completely different chapter of their lives. I mean, you're seeing a rookie police detective, Jeff Gordon. So he's, in his late twenties, maybe, you know, uh, even though I was in my mid thirties, uh, well, people saying, well, where's this English accent? Wasn't he like Gary Oldman? Look, I'm the pro. <laughs> now it's funny. Well, what's funny is that Bruno and Danny Cannon, who directed the pilot was our other main EP besides, um, John Stevens, both, both English. Like, so they both talk actually like Gary. And I think Danny even, Danny even knows Gary and like play soccer, used to play soccer with him. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, it just felt like, look, we're doing something completely different. And, and, and quite frankly, I mean, as good as Gary Oldman is, and he is pretty phenomenally talented and, and successful, you, you know, what he was doing in the movies is so different than the role that Gordon needs to play in the series, because Gordon in the series is the focus of the show and needs to play that. You know, I, in my opinion, always felt like, and this was definitely, I think, what I think Bruno would agree is like needed to be a little bit of that every man needed to have a little bit of that, you know, kind of chip on his shoulder, you know, young guy in a big bad world, not beaten down yet. To have somewhere you know, to go, give an arc. To have somewhere to go. That's yeah, it. yeah. And ironically, you know, what I loved about it, the thing that I loved about it from from, from a character journey standpoint is most of the time, in most series, you see a character succeed and succeed and succeed. And like their arc, just think they overcome, they have obstacles presenting themselves to keep overcoming them and overcoming on their way to, to, you know, fulfillment. Right. right. Like you could argue maybe even like, like, um, uh, you know, Welling's character in Smallville, right? Like he's slowly going to become Superman. But here, not only is our guy not becoming, becoming a superhero, he's literally just a flesh and blood man. He, he, as he ascends up the arc of the police, you know, hierarchy, the city falls apart. The city like descends into anarchy and has to like more and more in order to necessitate Batman, in order to necessitate like what, what, what we're ending with, which is that there is a Batman. So it's like he's going up as everything else is falling apart, which I think is such a yeah. cool, you know, kind of re in, inversion of the usual circumstances. Um, 
So I really dug that. And Bruno's, you know, pretty much a genius. And and so he was he was always smarter than me about about sort of contextualizing it and making me feel like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, the worst that'll happen is, you know, it doesn't the show doesn't quite work, or maybe I'm not as good as I'm never as good as I hope I would be. Uh, um, but but it's not it's not based on like my impression of a vague Jim Gordon. You know what I mean? Like there's no, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. If I would have been like, I'm going to do Gene Hackman. I'm like, Hey Clark, how's it going? And just, you know, and by the way, Gene Hackman's my favorite, but honestly I said, just play it real. Just be genuine, be real, have emotions. And once I shaved my fucking head, which you didn't have to do, it just, I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm ready. Put on a suit. I look. Like I wear short. I'm wearing shorts, sandals, and a t-shirt. This is how I dress. Normal. You put on a suit and two or three hundred dollars shoes and a and a tie and give me a mansion and shave my head. I am going to be different. Yeah. And I needed all that. So, but for you, it was like, hey, I'm Ben McKenzie. They're going to do my hair a little bit. It's going to be in a different time. But did you did did you feel like day one? You felt like I feel like this guy. I, I feel like it. I felt like they had all of those things that you talked about. All those resources were so teed up. I mean, I remember we shot a pilot. We were not picked up to series, you know, officially yet. But I walked into this two-story GCPD set that they built. That was got to be, I forget how much, somebody told me how much it cost, but it's definitely a million-dollar set, if not more. And, you know, to build a million-dollar two-story set, I'd never been on a two-story set. I'd never been on a set where you could have multiple open levels um, and 200 background inside of a set before. And I remember showing up and thankfully they walked me through, you know, I got to see, see it before I had to film there and going, okay, all right, got it. I know it makes you sure, have yeah. all the toys behind you. Like you're going to have all the, the setting's going to be there. You're going to have the clothes. You're going to have the, the the manpower so to speak to like support the fact that you are supposed to be a leader of men right jim gordon spoke right. leader of men now now you need to be a leader of men now you, now you need to and the rest is up to you that's see that's anxiety that's like you're sitting there you're looking at the second one yep yep i'm, at, I'm pretending i'm confident and, and inside you're about to shit your pants and you're going yeah yeah i gotta step it up man i gotta fucking step it up i remember the first shot of the first day we were in the set there were at least 100 or probably 200 background oh. it was this whole scene where some ba- some guy some bad guy been 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 pulled in and arrested and he breaks free of of the officers that are trying to slam him in the in the, the jail cell on the set and and i and i appear magically on the this upper deck and like come down and and, and disarm and save the day and that's my introduction right super heroic introduction so it's great and we're doing the rehearsals and da 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 da. And we finally start rolling. And and I'm literally, I, I basically come down, you know, descend from the rafters. You know, I wasn't on uh, wires, but I might as well have been. Um, you know, GCPD. You know, I, you know, unhand him or whatever. And and I literally remember going, GC. Uh, my voice cracked. I almost tripped on the stairs. Like I literally went <laughs> because my nerves were. I was shocked. Like, my adrenaline was out of control and it was super embarrassing and everyone pretended it didn't happen. And then Danny Cannon pretended it didn't happen to his, to his endless credit. And, and then the next take, you know, got better and better and better, but like no one's immune from that stuff and, and it's okay. And you know, you can't let it get in your head. That's the thing. Cause I immediately would go to, if something happened like that, I immediately go to, I'm looking at video village in my head and I'm seeing the producer going, dude, you think we cast the right guy? Fuck. It just, I don't know what the word is. It just grows that, and you got to stop it. You just got to say, stop it. You're a fucking, you're good. You're, remember Tim Roth in Reservoir Dogs when he looks in the mirror and goes, you're fucking so cool. You're so good. They have no fucking idea. You're, you're the, you're, you know, he starts pumping himself up. Dude, believe it or not, it may, it's cheesy if people see it, but it doesn't mean we don't do it. Nope. Nope. I'm fucking nope. good. Whatever I belong works, here. Get your fucking shit together. Beat the shit out of this other actor with words right now. It sounds yeah, stupid, yeah. but I fucking think it. I'm like, I'm going to fucking destroy it right now. I have to, or I could fall apart. I'm not, and that's not possible. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And whatever that is, whatever blend of, of drive, ego, narcissism that gets you there, like it's in that context, it's all good. All game. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like they're paying 
for that. They are paying to see you not. If you if you look afraid on screen, fucked. Done. Done. Over. All right, listen. This is rapid questions from my patrons. Talk to me. It's called shit talking. Uh, with my patrons. Here we go. Shit talking with Ben McKenzie. Leanne P, which is your favorite episode that you directed from Gotham? Uh, my my three soups. One of my three soups. The the the, the one with the, yeah, that one. <laughs> Chris F. What other on screen project would you like to do with Morena? You know what? It's funny. We actually have been thinking about more stuff because we're in a pandemic. So we might we you know, we may do something. We'll see. There's nothing to like officially like talk about yet, but we're we're trying because it because it'd be fun to do something, given that so many people can't shoot right now. It'd be fun to do something together. So we're trying I got an to idea, it. Ben, for this horror movie. Listen, we take it's eight, seven actors. We all get tested, and everybody's together for ten days, and then the yeah. crew, minimal crew, so it's like eighteen people. Everybody's literally tested, doesn't go out, and then we're there for ten days filming, and it's it's awesome. Anyway, I, I love this idea. Oh, dude, it. It, it's great. It's uh, it's got. I, I can't. I'm not gonna talk about it. Uh, all right, Tabitha, I'm a huge fan of Southland. I have asked many other cast members this question. I always love hearing different responses I get. Do you think the show had more to tell and should have been saved, or do you think it went out in a blaze of glory at the right time? You know, I think it. it, it we always we definitely could have told more, but that being said, we were, uh, if memory serves, we were told in advance that we were going to be ending, and so we got to to wrap it up to some degree. And I have a belief that no show shows are not meant to ever die, right? Like they're all, they're whatever, theoretically Smallville could still be running because it's built with an engine that, that could, that's what makes it a TV show, a good TV show. But I think I'm proud of what we did and, and, and I'm grateful to TNT for saving us. And uh, I think we went off plays court. DK, what was your last day on the set of the OC? Like you have any fond memories of that day and how did it compare with your last day on the set of Gotham? You know, my last days are hard. I remember my last day on the set of the OC. I remember talking to Hino, giving me just a few remarks as as I did my last shot, which I think was the last shot of the show, you know, in terms of filming and uh, just saying that the, the truth, which was that when I got hired on the OC, I'd been in LA for a year and I didn't have any friends really. And now I feel like I have, you know, a few hundred and I hope that when I see, you know, you, you, anyone of you guys, out on the street when we're in church, I hope we can grab a drink or have a coffee or, or just reminisce because it's been an amazing time. And I, I remember that, you know, getting a little teary and, and feeling that and still believing that to be true. So um, that was, that was OC. Gotham was, Gotham was different because it changed my life in different ways. I met Morena. We, we have a family together. We have a child together. Um, you know, so that, that had a whole other connotation to it, but, but, but uh, similarly uh, a wonderful experience. Carly T, last few questions. You managed to make the leap from Teen Stark quite effortlessly to leading man. What decision did you make at the time to help this, to help aid this? And were there any projects that you turned down on on the back of the OC fame? I remember there was there were projects that were literally described as like the OC in the film, and like one or two of those came my way. You know, or like opening shot is guy wears wife beater and you know, smoke cigarette, and I was like probably not the right move for me right now. So um, I would say discretion is the better part of valor there. I think I probably avoided a few traps, but the rest of it was just maniacally the anxiety ridden gig and the next gig and next gig, like putting all the energy, trying to focus all that energy into making sure I wasn't a a teen idol who never worked again. (laughs) Anxiety, baby. Yep, anxiety. Emily asks, what have you been doing to get through this COVID-19 uh, insanity? You know, wine is a wonderful thing. I love wine. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, love, I wine I all the golf. time. We eat well. We cook. Uh, we play with our kids. Uh, we, we don't watch the news. That kind of thing. Janelle B., what's your biggest pet peeve, and what do you think is your uh, most annoying habit? I've got a lot of annoying habits. I defer to Miranda on which one is the most <laughs> annoying. Uh, I, 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 I bet biggest pet peeve? I don't know. Bad grammar. I don't like people who use words incorrectly. I'm, I'm, I'm a real, real pain in the ass. I'm glad I didn't use metastasized earlier. How do you pronounce it? Metastasized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you almost used that. I almost yeah. used it, but it, I think you only use that word really for like cancer and things, right? No, anything bad. It's usually in the context of something negative, right? Like, oh, like then I would have used it right. I just thought I wouldn't yeah. use it. And I, don't, I shouldn't use big words anyway. Braden K., what was it like? Well, I mean, I know this question. 
I, I read an interview about the motorcycle and all that stuff. We don't have to get into it. You guys can go look that up. But uh, about the motorcycle, they made you learn how to ride a motorcycle. Then it was a different motorcycle. It was too big and all that shit. But Brayden K was what was like working with Al Pacino. I mean, <clears throat> the first time you acted with him, you have words. I mean, are you? Can you not get it out of your head that you're acting with Al Pacino? Yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, my body just left. My my soul left my body and was like peering down over me, just going like, "This is amazing." Yeah, and no, I. Al was always was always great to me, and 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 just a pro. And did you take a picture I, with him? Did you get a picture with him? I don't know if I ever did. Actually, you're not I like that, are you? Picture. I'm like that. You're not like that. I should be. I should be. I should be. Moreno's always be like, take a fucking picture. That's like, what I do. Everybody makes fun of me. As you can see, if you ever come to my house, you'll see all the posters autographed. In fact, I have right there Gary Oldman signed my Dracula poster, and he signed it. Oh, really? To Michael, I have crossed oceans of time to find. Wait, how did you get that? Did you run into him? I've met him a couple times, and um, through a close friend, I can't say it's someone who's <clears throat> could be my person who cuts my hair <clears throat> or something. I finally just and there was a couple times where I, you know, I walked in and I had I, I saw Gary's right before me getting his hair cut, and there's nobody in there, so I went and got a pizza and brought a pizza to Gary. He's like. Oh, you don't have to do this, man. And he's just so nice. And like, so then I got that sign and he was cool about it. So anyway. That's awesome. Uh, That's last question, little Lisa. Who did you have the most fun working with on Gotham besides Morena? I added that. That cast was so great. I loved working with Robin Taylor, who's like the sweetest guy in the world. Corey Michael Smith is just a one talented MF. Um, I loved working with him. Um <laughs> Cameron Monaghan's brilliant, a brilliant young actor. He's he's gonna do some great stuff. Um, yeah, it's really hard to pick. And then and then obviously, I mean Donal, you know Donal Logue's my partner on the show, and just like a partner, you know, in life in the sense that he just he's just a good egg man, and you could sit around. He's has great stories and and an incredible life, and and we could talk about anything. We could talk about anything and talk about things for hours and hours and hours and never feel like we ran out of conversation. So that's but, great. You should have married him. You know what? I tried. Just wasn't into it. Wasn't into it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this has been awesome. By the way, you also voiced the Batman the, the year one. It was called, right? You voiced Batman. You work with Andrea Romano many, many moons ago. Yes. I love Andrea. She told me, I was just talking to her the other day and she's like, Oh, you tell Ben McKenzie. I don't know if he'll remember, but he was the, the first voice of uh, Batman or he voiced Batman. Yeah. I absolutely remember her. I love her. Give her my best. Are you guys working on something right now? Are you doing some, uh, or are you just friends? No, we're friends and she's, uh, she's also helping me get some uh, guests. She knows so many people. She goes, Oh, I'll get you. She down. is. She is the best. She's the best. She Please really is. My best. I love her. Dude. I love this. I can't wait till we actually could hang out, but yeah. this was, this was worth it. And, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot about you other than I thought you were great, a great guy, great actor. I didn't know much more about you other than you've always was were really pleasant and cool. And I was like, so I, it's always a little weird. And then within five within five seconds, I'm completely comfortable, and I feel like you opened up. And I read that you you know you're private, but I I really feel like you opened up. I didn't. I hope I didn't slam you too hard, but you, you like did not at all. I don't know, man. And it's so nice to talk to you. Like, similarly, I, I've always been a fan of your work. And Marina speaks highly of you uh, and, and talks about making your movie very fondly and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and she just loves you. And, and I, so I, I'm, thank you for having me on. And I, and I hope that when this is all over, you know, you can come by the house for a drink or go out to dinner and, and it'd be fun. Or make a horror movie. Who knows? Or make a horror movie. Hey, we're available. We'll talk. Hey, thanks for allowing me to be inside you, buddy. I love you. I appreciate yeah. you. I love you too, pal. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was fun. Great guest, man. That was fun. Just such a nice guy. I like nice people, but he opened up and that's good. Ryan, you've been doing an exceptional job editing the shows. Thank you. Truly. I mean, you know, I look at them and I'm like, it's professional. They're good interviews. They're fun. You hope people stick around. You hope people tell their friends and you're doing a great job and you make the show look great. So, you know, I, I couldn't do this without you or Bryce and uh, I'm blessed. So thanks, dude. No problem. Yeah. I'm going to be doing some more Instagram lives. I haven't been doing them recently, but I'm going to do some and um, trying to recruit some patrons. I, it's a great community. It's, there's a, there's a, a girl, I'll just throw it out uh, a woman, Marissa and uh, her and this other amazing patron, little Lisa, they became really close friends from Patreon for being on my Patreon. It's like, like, like I said, a community and, they're like best friends now. Like she's going up to visit her and it's just, a, it's just a cool thing. And I see the community and we do these live YouTube uh, 
live YouTubes where I, I play some songs and they recommend, well, they, you know, they request certain songs and I either suck at the songs or, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I really love Patreon. I never thought I, it would be this fun. So thank you again for all the support. I'm going to read off the uh, top tier patrons right, right quickly, right quickly. Here we go. Thank you all top tier patrons and to all the patrons in general. Uh, Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Zara, Sarah V. You've heard these names, Ryan, because you have I've heard them countless times. Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Barry I, Angelina G, Jerry W, Kevin R, Emily K, Bob B, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Tom N, Jess J, Raj, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Stacy B, Carly T, Reem, Jennifer S, Janelle B, Tab of the 272, Kimberly E, Melissa C, Mike E, Jake M, Marissa N, Judith D, Ramira, Beth B, Chris F, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Jackie P, Rodrigo S, Rachem, 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 I always mess that up. You notice that when you're. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Rachem. Great. It's Ray and then Chan. Rachem. Love it. Rachem. Ray A, Maya P, Megan D, Jennifer C, Maddie S, Tiffany L, or is that an I? Straight line. Those eyes? Tiffany I. Kendrick F, Ashley E, Sigourney P, Tom P, Matt W, Belinda N, Benjamin R, Lisa J, and Kevin V. Those are your top tier patrons who thank you for all your love and support. Um, Another great episode next week. I hope you tune in. Um, Keep tuning in, man. Uh, uh, You know, as long as you're tuning in, we're doing this shit. Dude. Turning them out. Tune in. Turning them out. Turn out. Turn out. Ah, dude, Ryan, what a treat it is to have you here, though. It's good, man. It's weird seeing other faces, I will tell you. It is. You've been locked up, bro. Been good. Gonna keep being good because we kind of have to. That's for sure. Another shout out to my uh, good buddy Preston Christensen. Uh, I love you, buddy. You had a birthday, and I had a birthday, and I hope you got all my my stuff I sent you, and and I love the gifts you and mom and Chris sent, and. I met him at the Ronald McDonald house and, and he's doing well right now. Things are in remission and uh, it's an awesome thing. I hope it stays that way. It will. And uh, foodonfoot.org, my good buddy, Rob, a great organization for uh, homeless and echoes of hope for foster youth. And uh, thank you again to all the patrons who support the podcast. Uh, join if you like um, either patron, where have all the good horror movies gone and uh, inside of you podcast patron. And uh, that's a, that's about it. So stay healthy, stay safe. And um, thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. You too, Ryan. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.